0: Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe, and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 29. This one's for those of you that are tired, really tired. And not just sleepy, tired, like we talk about so often here on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. No, it's for those of you who are tired, worn out, and weary. And really, who isn't feeling tired like that these days? Exhausted, really. Exhausted from the load we're carrying as we live through all that's going on these days. We're feeling it at home and we're feeling it at work as we manage the dueling dragons of keeping the household together and keeping the business viable. Today on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, we welcome Sarah Riggs Amico. Sarah is a business executive, a political leader, and the founder of Rediscovering Our American Dream, a mission-driven media company that is building the largest visual archive ever created to define, document, and defend the American dream. Sarah is a Harvard Business School grad who worked at the William Morris Agency and APA Agency for the Performing Arts before relocating to Georgia to join the board of Jack Cooper Holdings a leader in the automotive transportation and logistics services industry. Jack Cooper Holdings transports 3.5 million vehicles annually for American manufacturers, including GM and Ford. And Sarah is a mom and a wife and a daughter and a granddaughter. You get the picture. So she gets what's going on and she feels it. And lucky for us, she's got some great strategies to share for managing it all. Listen and get answers to these common questions. How can we manage the dueling dragons of keeping the business viable and keeping the household together? What are the best connectivity strategies to bring success at work and at home? And how can you use protest scrolling to get better sleep. All right, let's listen in now. Hello, Sarah, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. It's nice to be with you. Thanks for having me you are most welcome. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation today, Sarah. I know, you know, first of all, you have such a, an interesting range of experience in your background, which maybe we'll get into, you know, between your uh, your your business uh, expertise and then your forays into the world of politics. It's just, I think it's a really interesting um perspective that I that that would give you. Um, And so what I'd like to talk with you today about and really get your insights on is really, um, you know, in this in this pandemic world that we're living living in, we're having a tremendous amount of fallout from all these um, unprecedented unprecedented changes, right? We're seeing things that are affecting people, obviously in their home lives, of course that comes right into the business world and affects us there as well. And sometimes it can be really hard for, for, especially when you're right in the middle of it to really figure out if there's, you know, what to do, if there even is anything to do. And so I know you, uh, as the executive chairperson of Jack Cooper Investments, you really get a, a really comprehensive uh, perspective on on lots of things in the business world. And of course, you know you're you're a mom too, so you get <laughs> you get that whole realm of experience as well. And so I, I'd love to um, you know really have a conversation with you today about what you're seeing in this in this pandemic world and all the fallout, and you know what it's doing and. and Um, And also, if we can talk then a little bit about like I'm a firm believer in seeing the uh, silver lining in things, and how even if we are faced with all these changes and all of these things are really challenging. um, It also brings us opportunities right and so really, are there any innovations or any things we can be looking to that. you know, we may not have thought out if it may not have thought of if we didn't end up in such a, a dire, uh, you know, change like we're in right now. So, yes, yeah, so if we can talk about what you're seeing, what you're doing, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, look, right now, I think there have never been more stresses on working parents and caregivers particularly working moms um, and and women who are also caring for elderly parents, right? There are an awful lot of folks that are sort of stuck in that sandwich generation where they're sort of getting that from both sides. And the pandemic has impacted, and it's it's not a matter of opinion, right? There is a tremendous amount of data that shows us women are picking up an extraordinary percentage of the additional childcare responsibilities as schools closed last year during the pandemic. Um, as our kids, even this fall now, my kids went back to school on August 2nd. So we've been in school for over a month. Um, my daughter, oldest daughter who is 10 was home today in what is her third quarantine so far in the first month of school. So my husband runs a startup. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the executive chairperson, which is the chief executive for us of a large logistics and transportation company but I also sit on multiple boards and have a media startup as well. Um, And nevertheless, I would say 75, 80% of the time, if there is a need to pick up extra hours with respect to homework or the kids, um, that falls on me. Yeah, I'm very fortunate in that we have a great executive team at our company. We have a 93-year-old business, a very established institution that has great processes Whereas my husband, who's a tech entrepreneur in data privacy, he's in sort of the Wild West, right? If, if the founder and CEO in that enterprise isn't present in the moment, uh, the train stopped running. So part of it is is gender dynamics. Part of it is we live in a country that, let's be honest, has never really had a proper social safety net. Our backup plan has always been women, our daughters, our moms, our grandmothers, our aunties. And so you know part of it is also our our chosen industries, right? Where uh, as, a, as a founder of a tech startup, he just really doesn't have the ability to walk away at any moment. Um, they don't have the same number of people. We have 2,400 employees. More often than not, I can find somebody who will take care of what, what I need to miss for a few minutes. Um, but th- those stresses have really rippled through the economy. So here in Georgia, where I live, there are a tremendous number of female entrepreneurs and small business owners. And what we've been seeing over the last year and a half as the pandemic has raged is is they're really battling the dueling dragons, right? On the one hand, keeping their business viable, keeping the doors open, making payroll. Uh, That's become a visceral experience for countless entrepreneurs in the last year and a half. And by the way, for many bigger businesses as well, right? Mm. Um, And the other dragon being Keeping the household together in an environment where you have to convince your child to get in front of a screen and do school when their toys or their video games are right down the hall, right? And we spend our, or at least I do, we spend an inordinate amount of our time as parents telling our kids that they should have less screen time and more play. And then last year we had to sit them down and say, Oh, except for right now, like right now we need you in front of the screen so you can go to school. And, and for younger children in particular, that was really hard. So I think you're right. I think right now, um, people are not only burning the candle at both ends. I think the wick is really rapidly disappearing. I think we've gotten to the point where whatever you were doing to hold it in your hands, you're starting to get burned. Mm. And as pandemic unemployment assistance has ended, as the Delta wave has really sort of rained on all of our parades, people are exhausted right now. Businesses are exhausted. PPP was a lifeline for so many of us um, at the beginning of the pandemic, but that phase is over. And in many respects, the economy still hasn't recovered. Our supply chains are in shambles. Um, we see the semiconductor chip shortage affecting everything from personal computers to cars like the ones that we move. Um, General Motors and Ford, two of our biggest and oldest customers, had multiple facilities, um, high value facilities, making products everyone knows and loves, shut down this week entirely. No production. Yeah, but it's been happening on and off for months, but when your supply chains are truly global, the way that they are now, you know, the pandemic in Malaysia at this moment, the pandemic in Vietnam has a dramatic impact on the production of those semiconductor chips, which has a dramatic impact on jobs right here in Georgia, in the United States. And so we're really learning what community means and that we live in a global community now. So Yeah, people are exhausted. People are exhausted from the politics. I mean, I've gotten a front row seat at that for the last several years. Um, This is a deeply divided America in many, many respects, and that makes it so much harder for us to come together and fight a common enemy, which is COVID, right? So people are tired, but I'm also really inspired by how incredibly resilient families are, working women, shout out to you, women caregivers, single dads, um, you know, families that have two dads with children, like God bless you. You are doing God's work right now. You are getting it all done. And I know one of those things is probably not sleep.
0: A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. Today's sponsor asks this important question. Have you done a mental health check today? Have you been feeling off? How long have you felt that way? Cindy Chosick is a speaker, ghostwriter, and author who connects the dots to the symptoms, solutions, and sound bites, so we can help ourselves, our teams, and our loved ones. Learn more at GetSoConnected.com. I love the analogy that you used before of, of burning the candle at both ends because that, that absolutely, um, you know, in my mind, that is definitely uh, very apropos because so many people are, um, just, just even if they are trying to get to sleep, the stress, uh, can, can they sleep? Can they stay asleep? Because when you're worried about all the things you mentioned, you know, the PPP is up now. So where, how are you going to fulfill that payroll? How are you going to pay the bills? How, you know, who's going to, um, you know, take care of the mortgage that can impact your sleep, obviously, of course, as well. Um, and I like the image that you said of really like, you know, the, the wick
1: itself, Right. It's, you know, you're really, you're getting to a bad place. You've been holding it in the middle and now you're getting burned on both ends. I mean, it's a a very tough position for so many people. It is. And I, and I think the reality is, you know, and also when you mentioned about
0: the supply chain and stuff, you know, um, with the semiconductors and everything. uh, Yeah. So there may be trouble actually making it in the country of origin. And then I've seen things like on the West coast in um, you know, like California, the, the long uh, long, what do you call them? Longshoremen, whatever. Where they're supposed to be um, receiving all of the cargo ships, there, uh, though there aren't enough people there. So there are the the these ships just being held there, and then the containers they're not being empty and they're not being sent back to places where goods can come from. So it just, I mean, it's just breaking down at every level. And then you know, yeah, there are impacts directly on business, and and then the impact to personal business. Oh, sorry, the personal effects that come first. So overall, it really does make for a very challenging time to live. And it doesn't seem like there's or, an end
1: in sight. Or even just an impor- a challenging time to go get the things you need. I mean, I don't know how many of, of your listeners have been to a grocery store um, where certain products or meats in particular have just not been available, right? Those processing facilities have been shut down on and off over the last year and a half. Um, I live in Marietta, Georgia, so it's not a small suburb. It is a gorgeous uh, northwestern Atlanta suburb, very old, a ton of history and uh, a handful of Starbucks, which we're quite fond of. Uh, We love our local coffee shops too, but um, the Starbucks are now all closing at 6 p.m. because they just don't have the staff or the supplies to stay open any longer than that. And My, you know, I had lived for years in New York and LA where you have a Starbucks on literally every corner, sometimes like corners, catty corner across the street from each other. And, um, my dad and I were just kind of shaking our heads the other day. We had gone to get a Starbucks together in the afternoon. He ordered a pink drink. He loves those, you know, coconut milk, um, refreshers Uh and the pink drink was not pink. It was white. It was clear because they were out of the fruit and the mix that they put in it. So it tastes kind of the same, but they, they didn't have the pink for the pink tree. Yeah. And you can't count the number of times that's happened in the last few months or the number of waiters and, and wait staff who've apologized needlessly by the way, because we all understand, but you know, I'm sorry, this took so long to get out. We're really short staffed, yeah. um, yeah, it's changed everything, just our yeah. daily lives. Yeah. And so that's a great point
0: too, because then if you think of the weight staff that you were just referring to, what happens, it, they end up working a double shift then, or, you know what I mean? So it 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 gets back to the sleep thing. It gets back to the exhaustion. And and the thing I always think of too, is, um, you know, if you want a healthy immune system and obviously who doesn't, right? <laughs> Um, but if there's ever been a time when it's more important, um, you know, than anything it, it would be now, um, the key to a healthy immune system, the first step is really to make sure that you're getting healthy sleep because it's when, when you sleep and you get into the deep phase of sleep and you stay in there long enough, your, your brain takes care of two big functions. It does repair and it, and it and it recharges. And so, if you're not getting the sleep, you really are setting yourself up just to be at greater risk for you know COVID or whatever else is going around. If there is anything, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's you know, always something going yeah.
1: around when you have two kids in elementary school. So, True. for yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah. yeah,
0: it really, you know, and, and then we end up, um, and, and then if you're tired, you, you, right, you, you, it's the, you know, the immune system takes the hit, you have a physical energy uh, hit, a mental energy hit, an emotional energy hit, so relationships, you know, everything just sort of tanks a little bit, you know, and, and really, so what what do you think? I mean, are, have you, um, you know, ha- had a chance to think about the, this and or to, to come up with some things that you have uh, thought, you know, might be be um, helpful in, in mitigating
1: some of this? Yeah. And first and foremost, if we're going to talk about people who are sleep deprived in the pandemic, I just want to take one quick second to talk about our nurses, All our right. hospital staff, our frontline healthcare EMTs, um, great, these great folks, point. yeah, these folks have had some of the most pressure, the least sleep, the highest stakes and candidly, a lot of times I feel like it's thankless to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, so just for anyone who's listening in those professions, I'm the daughter of a former NICU nurse. My grandmother was a, a janitorial staff member in hospitals until uh, she got Alzheimer's and, and had to retire. But she cleaned hotel rooms and hospital rooms her whole life. And I know those workers are a lot of times overlooked, underpaid, and, and candidly expected to perform as pandemic heroes, but they're not always compensated that way. They don't even have paid sick time in many instances. So at my heart, when I think about how tired I've been <laughs> over the last year and a half, I almost feel like I can't complain. Because there are truck drivers, uh, grocery workers, food service workers, janitorial staff, educators. I mean, our teachers, holy cow, y'all are amazing and you're total heroes. And I I cannot tell you as a parent how much better our lives have been over the last year and a half because of the extraordinary educators and school staff. But, you know, our nurses are, are burned out. educators are being asked to be all things to all people And, and, and service employees, right? Who a lot of times don't even feel like people see them. So what I've tried to do to answer your question is, is develop a really intentional practice of gratitude and reflection and uplifting people who I think have really been heroes in these moments And using every platform I have, every opportunity I get to say thank you and to recognize their struggle. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps us keep a sense of community. I think it helps us keep perspective. Mm -hmm. And I also think when it comes down to you know, when you're laying in bed, I have a Sarah and Beth over at Pantsuit Politics podcast friends, but they joke about it being protest, social media scrolling at night because you, you're so tired and you haven't had any time to yourself as a mom or, you know, so you're like scrolling through social media. When I'm tempted to do something like that, I think about the people pulling a double shift. I think about the hospital workers, you know, going home and worrying They're bringing this virus back to their family or their kids or their parents. And I prioritize getting my sleep so that I don't end up as one of their people in the ER Um, because that's what we do, right? When we want to build community, it's not a political thing. It's very much, especially as a person of faith. um, And in my case, the Christian faith, but in many faiths, the same tradition is reflected, it's about how we love one another, how we love our neighbors, how we care for our community. And our kids are watching. They may be tired and exhausted, too, from this pandemic, but they will always care more about what we do than what we say.
0: Yeah. and um, You know, on that point, I always used to say to people, you know, when, when you think about little kids, is there something inherently desirable about a vacuum cleaner or you know a kitchen not really so why are kids so drawn to play vacuums and play kitchens because they see you using it and they so they absolutely are going to be drawn to whatever you do so I think that's a great point and I also love Sarah how you mentioned you know like you very specifically when you're laying down in bed make sure that you are thinking I forget exactly what term you used about the the
1: protest scrolling. Yeah, 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 protest scrolling. <laughs> I yeah,
0: I love I love that, uh, that you are really working to not go there. And I think that's such a great, a great thing. Um, for the reasons you mentioned, too, because you're putting that good energy out into the world, then by, you know, having that gratitude practice. Um, but then also by, by not being in that protest scrolling, you're keeping yourself in a much calmer, state, right? And that is going to facilitate better sleep. So I love that for both of those reasons. Really, really wonderful. And I think too, you know, when we are spending more time in gratitude, acknowledging what other people are doing, it just kind of takes the edge off of yourself, right? And also then you bring a better you to a conversation or an interaction with somebody. And I think the more we can do of that, The better we'll we'll you know get through this uh in general so i I really love that
1: yeah i would say the other thing that has been hard for me actually but that i've had to just develop the habit or the discipline to do is telling people when i've reached my limits which means sometimes saying no to things i would otherwise really like to do um you know, I'm not a candidate anymore, but I still stay very involved. I still love to go and speak to different groups or do different media opportunities. Um, but there have been times in the last several months where I said, you know, I would love to, but I just really can't. Yeah. Like I haven't, I haven't seen my husband. He was traveling this week and we're going out to dinner or I would love to come to your fundraiser, but I can't tonight because my kids want me home right. or because I have a really important test tomorrow. And, and on the other end, within the family, you know, again, part of being a startup founder's wife is, as understanding, his hours are basically 24-7, right? right. <laughs> but we've had multiple conversations in the last couple of months in particular, as the uncertainty around this back-to-school process unfolded, where I said, you know what, tonight, I just need you on. Like I need you to do the book, the first book reading right. and I'm going to need you to help, or I'm going to need you to take the dog out at six in the morning. Cause tomorrow I need to sleep in. Yeah. yeah. And and I think he's been such a great partner. It's nice to say that it's nice to be able to say to your kids, we're not going to be able to watch TV tonight because you guys need a good night's sleep. And so does mommy. Yeah. And, and that, that has been a discipline that really, We didn't have, I mean, in the way we should prior to the pandemic, but at a certain point, you do have to learn what your best yes is. Like when you're saying yes or no to things or opportunities, invest in the people and community and relationships and activities that give you joy, that, that build the kind of human relationships that, that make our quality of life. Yeah. And, and keep your head in that restful space when you lay down at night. Yes, yes. Um, so I think that's been a lesson that I would not say came very easily to me, uh-huh, uh-huh. but was sort of force fed to us in the pandemic.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I think it, it, that really loops back well to our original conversation, uh, you know, original part of our conversation about women and how women are, tend to really be the one that steps in. We are generally the caretakers. We grow the babies and we will take care of them, you know, and, and, and certainly and you know dads do yes but if, if push comes to shove and there's family like you know elderly parents or something like that and of course the kids i think the woman is usually the one that that steps in and so it becomes harder and harder and and in in some instances can feel like um almost like a betrayal or something to say no. And, and I have always said, you know, listen, if you want to be able to take care of the person in the way that you really want to, then the, the most, um, the least selfish thing that you can do is say no. You yeah. know, because it's not at that point, you're not just saying it for you yourself, you're saying it because you want to be who you are. To that person and we all need a break so I think that's a really important takeaway um you know maybe a hard lesson but yeah to be able to say hey I need this time so you know I'll just have to say no to that you know of course you can there'll be another time surely we know
1: that (laughs) let me tell you the mom guilt is real right and where I feel you know this pandemic has so disproportionately impacted certain communities and and that's hard for us to to sometimes process, right? But for poor communities, for rural communities, communities of color, Black and Brown communities specifically, um, single moms, this this has been really hard. Frontline workers, this has been really hard, and it's a little bit like that. Bill Murray movie, Groundhog Day, right? Keep thinking you're waking up, exiting. And right by the end of the movie, he's intentionally crashing the car and driving it off a cliff because he's like, it doesn't matter. right? And that's where I feel like some people are getting. And um, yeah, and and I think you start to feel that more, the more tired you get, you know,
0: it's harder to step back. I mean, the other thing I always say too is give yourself the time outside. So before, when you mentioned of like, you know, trying to break the habit that many of us have of sitting in front of a screen at night you know try to say to yourself hey I'm gonna I'm gonna take a walk you know or whatever or in fact I always talk about the um, I always talk about the three by ten which is like just to give a real specific sleep sort of uh, oriented strategy you know to maybe the moms and dads and stuff you um, know I talk about the three by ten and basically the three is the three are um, have 10 ounces of water 10 minutes of sunshine and 10 minutes of brisk exercise like a walk or something outside each day right and you can put all three of those things together get up in the morning just first thing go out get that you get that early morning sunshine you get that brisk walk and you get the 10 ounces of water Just take a little bottle of water with you if you have a dog take the dog with you. The dog will be happier for it, you know, but by doing that, especially getting that early morning sun, um, it helps to, um, really get your circadian rhythms, um, more established the way you want. And you'll, especially with Corona and everything, you'll have an easier time falling asleep and staying asleep. If you've gotten your, um, circadian rhythms more established so uh, and then of course you could do it at night too. go out for another 10 minute walk at night because that fresh air especially you know i know you said it's hot there now up here i'm in the northeast uh, outside of, of new york city we're coming into fall and we're starting to really get um the cooler temps what happens when you get the cool temps and you throw the heat on and now you're in this dry recirculated air that dries everything out and that leads to sleep problems so the best thing you can do is get out get that fresh air get a little
1: exercise open up the airways and you'll definitely sleep better um well, you know in that way 100 percent agree I we're like a million other families and that we adopted a rescue dog who mm. i absolutely adore um and she's a boxer pit bull mix wow. and she has all the muscle and grit and just brute strength of a pity, but she has the goofy, Zoomy, family friendly, lovable boxer yeah. sort of, you know, Zoomy personality. Yeah, yeah. And we are walking miles a day. I mean, it's, it is, okay. it has changed our lifestyle dramatically. Um, and, you know, we, we have cats as well, but they're quite content to sit indoors and be palace cats as I yeah. call them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, but they I don't think, know anything from COVID. They're like, everything is the same except you guys are around more. <laughs>
1: yeah, and they're not sure they're happy about that, right? So <laughs> can you guys go out? <laughs> but the dog has definitely gotten us outside. Um, you know, we taught our girls to ride a bike. Um, I, I taught them, and that was just a parenting moment I had missed along the way. Our mm-hmm. girls are eight and ten. We should have done it before now. It was the best day of my parenting life. Like now every day they're riding bikes. We're hiking. We have uh, national geographic has an app called seek, and you can take pictures of any insect, animal, plant, fungi, and it tells you what it is. And you can get all the way down to species and there are badges you can collect. So our kids are always running around with my phone, snapping oh, pictures neat. of an insect. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing we've done is really rediscovered literature. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have revisited a ton of classics in the last year and a half that I had bought somewhere in my life or had for a class or intended to read and never read, uh, you know, Dracula, call of the wild, little house in the woods. And we've sort of gone back to these great works of, of literature. And instead of scrolling at night, um, the best thing I can do is sit and and put on a, a small lamp and read yeah. and just reconnect with that written word. Um, yeah. and our kids have really enjoyed, you know, in particular the little house on the prairie books, they've made their own butter. They've made their I own mean- candles. They're kind of <laughs> mimicking, you know, what Laura Ingalls Wilder did yeah. within yeah. reason. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think there are tons of tricks, but to be honest, um, those are sort of the things that are getting us through yeah I think and if we
0: if we if we step back if we had to put a label on all of those things like they're really like getting more connected with like the you know the the world, in it in, in IRL as my daughter always says in real life right getting mm-hmm. out hiking identifying different species and riding the bike so absolutely let us let us stay grounded and connected with the earth because i think that is so critical to our spirit where we don't even think about it so much when we're so busy in our lives. I mean, I look at that as one of the, the boons too, of, of slowing down a little bit, people who don't have to now spend 90 minutes a day commuting, you know, you, you have some found time. And so you can find some great things to do with that. Wow. So, so interesting. I love, I love all the things you mentioned there. Um. So Sarah, as we wind up, I um would like to ask you the question that I always ask Ask guests at the end of um, an interview, and it's this: um, Given everything that you've been thinking about and experiencing, what's one thing that you would put on a billboard? One message um, to share with people that that you know you think would be important uh, for for people to know.
1: If I had a billboard, lessons learned from the pandemic, it would be this: triage isn't only for crisis. Mm. And I think this silver linings, where they exist in this pandemic, and, and let's be clear, this hasn't just been stressful and hard for some people. Over 600,000 Americans have lost their lives. Um, millions of Americans have an empty chair at the dinner table or at their holidays, this coming um, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa whatever they celebrate. Um, Right now we're in the middle of the Jewish high holidays, right? People are missing loved ones that should have been there. So this hasn't just been hard. This has been life altering and devastating. I have a friend who lost both, both of her parents Mm. um, who were fully vaccinated. And so this has, this has been difficult in the most visceral sense of the word. So triage isn't only for crisis, um, it should be about paring away the things in your life that aren't adding joy, that aren't helping you provide for your family, mm. that aren't nourishing relationships, that determine the quality of your life. Um, you know, years and years ago, there was a long study at Harvard University about what the secret of happiness was, right? By the way, I'm, I'm certain sleep is a part of that. Um, <laughs> But the outcome of the study um was actually beautifully elegant and simple, which was it was the quality of the relationships in your life. Mm-hmm. The, 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 dip, the wheat from the chaff, what separated the people who had joy, who had contentment, um, not the kind of fleeting happiness that's situational, but the sort of deep in your soul contentment was the quality of their relationships. Yeah. So this is a tough time, but Burdens when they are shared are more easily carried. So check on your friends, check on your loved ones, check in with your kids. You know, the rates of of teen self-harm and suicide are devastating right now. Check on the single mom and check on the parent that never seems to be able to make it to something at school. They might be struggling. Um, You know, triage isn't just for crisis. Triage should be about how we manage what we do with the limited time we have on this planet. Yeah. And that, that would be my message. So it might seem trite, but. Um, no, no, I don't think it, I don't
0: think it's trite at all. And I think it, it's very powerful for right now. And, and I, and I think, um, you know, if someone were to think of that and say, oh, you know, how do I have the energy to reach out for somebody else? I can barely manage myself. I know a lot of people and I find this true myself that when I'm helping somebody, that creates a whole well of positive energy inside of me just by, you know, by helping. So if it feel, if it sounds like, whoa, I just don't think I could even muster the energy to do that, try it and see if maybe it, it, it you know, it is doable and it does, you know, something positive because it very well can.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to check in with the 500 people. You can't remember how you met them on Facebook. Right. right. But but, but triage, separate the people and the activities and the investments of your time and your treasure that really cultivate the kind of legacy and joy and purpose in your day that you can. Um, you know, my granddad passed away about a month ago and we were very close. Um, he was 89. Thank you. Um, but we grew up behind each other. My grandma and grandpa had their, they lived behind us and we had a, a gate that connected our backyards. So we would just walk over. We would spend the night. We would go over there and cook or take our bowl of cereal in the morning and go eat it at their house. Um, and he was a joyful man and a fabulous storyteller. And I think that, you know, he, he declined very quickly in hospice, like over the course of a week, entered Mm -hmm. hospice and passed away. And I think for me, it really forced that kind of triage. Um, I say no to more things now, but every week I am hosting my parents and my grandparent, my grandmother, who still lives down the road from us, um, for dinner. And I wouldn't trade that time for my kids and their great grandmother or with my parents and my kids for anything. Yeah. Um, Sunday suppers are now sacrosanct in, yeah. in our house. And yeah. it, it's been fun.
0: You know, and that's a great illustration of what we started talking about originally in that somehow when you have some kind of challenge, you get a silver lining. And it sounds like you know, in, in the, the, the real sadness of losing your grandfather, it also brought you to some new thinking about hey, I am going to clear the time to make sure that I can um, have the time that I want with the people that I really, really need in my life. So I think that that's. Yeah,
1: with incredible. a lot of intention
0: yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a, you know, finding the silver cloud, the silver lining again. I think it's beautiful. Um, well, Sarah, I thank you so much for sharing all your thoughts on it really, um, a a totally different conversation than I thought we were going to have, but beautiful. I think I'm so glad our conversation went this way. And I think, um, I think a lot of people will get a good, a lot of good things to think about in terms of, of life and, you know, sleep being part of that life. (laughs) So I thank you again, Sarah.
1: It was great to be with you. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk.
0: A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R Sleep. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that. And get back to being you.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.